Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And today I wanted to have a chat about an article I read in uh, one of the industry magazines that I get quite regularly. Or it's, it comes out every month, I think. It's called the Financial Standard and it's an industry fund for financial planning industry or the, the financial planning industry. So many of you may not have ever heard of this publication, but you can actually Google it, Financial Standard com.au and this came out in their 2nd of June uh, 2014 um, edition of it and there was an article um, under the title of private wealth and it was called against the grain as Mark Smith um, speaks to Kerr Nelson on his views about managing wealth philanthropy Chinese art and his contrarian approach to investing the reason why I want to talk about it and and I don't want to sort of read the whole article because it's probably a lot of it's not really relevant to everybody. He talks a little bit about self-managed super funds and a few th- different things about investing and family and the family in, uh, or his family and uh, a few other bits and pieces. But he made some really interesting comments, uh, more about the market in terms of um, the, the the size of our market investing overseas. And I wanted to sort of cover that because that sort of sparked my interest in this actually thing. And I'll just move some things around. So if you hear some shuffling paper, you know why um, that I'm actually doing it. Oh, sorry, nearly dropped my piece of paper. Anyway, so I'll, anyway, what I was looking at here is is he's talking about or he's asked about in the future or what's going on or the ambitions for um, I think he works for Platinum Capital actually, um, which is a big fund manager. But anyway, Nelson... Um, I'll read this section, actually. Nelson questions why anyone would want all their money in one country. Now, uh, he's obviously making a statement of Australians having all their money in Australia. And and though he cites the often quoted statistic, the Australian equity markets represents just 2% of global capitalisation. And the case for looking internationally runs deeper than that. China, Brazil, Russia and India make up less than 1% of the MCSI World Index, while the US accounts for 49%. What we keep asking people is, do you think that all of the value added in the next five years and 10 years, half of it's going to come from the States? And his answer is, I don't think so. Interesting comment when he's saying, really, I'll say that again, China, Brazil, and Russia, and India, so four separate companies and two of them being China, and India make up less than 1% of the world index, where the US um, share markets alone accounts for 49%. So what he's saying is if you're looking to invest overseas, and a lot of people, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we've had a few people over the last few months saying, you know, the US has been doing so well, you know, I want to go and invest in US stocks, the US market. And, and my answer to those people is, would you do exactly the opposite of what Warren Buffett is suggesting? And I'm not saying that Warren Buffett's not suggesting to invest in the U.S. market. What I'm suggesting is one of Buffett's famous quotes is buying doom and selling boom. So what he talks about is don't buy at the top, buy at the bottom. And if a market's been running so well, which is the U.S. market has been, then you're obviously doing the opposite by getting into it at this late stage. But interesting thing from Nelson is saying that 49% of the world market is the U.S. market. 
So therefore, that's what he what he goes on to say. Do you think over the next five to ten years, half of the wealth of the world is actually going to come out of the states? And he doesn't think so. And I 100% agree with him. I, I do really think the U.S. market is has gone and has made it run. It's not going to keep going at the rates that it's been going over the last couple of years. And that's really what I was saying uh, in my reference to Buffett in terms of you're buying at the wrong end or trying to go overseas right now, especially going into US markets, you're buying into an already or, or an overinflated market, so to speak, because to get that kind of growth and can sustain growth, it doesn't come from nowhere. It has to be supported by industry. It has to be supported by profits for companies. It has to be supported by growth in their GDP and a whole range of other different things. And it's not being supported by that, not to the extent that it, that has been. A lot of the growth in the U.S. is because, because they've been floating. Well, it's not been floating. They've been um, printing money. Now, and, and I'm not exactly sure of the numbers, but I remember it used to be, uh, about if they printed money, 90 cents in the dollar used to go into the economy um, in, in a long time ago. But more so recently, um, it's about 15% is actually going into the economy, I think. So there's been a huge drop in the, amount, the effectiveness of them printing extra money in how it helps their underlying growth of their their economy. Now, excuse me if I'm not saying this correctly, uh, and excuse me if you're uh, somebody who studied this and you've got a slightly different opinion or you know something a bit different than me. I, I'm trying to remember what exactly um, what I read a while back, so if it's a bit hazy, please forgive me. But the point is that when they're printing money in the US, it used to be a lot more effective in boosting the economy than it is now, and, and it's considerably better and it's getting worse and worse and worse so soon it won't be worth them printing money because they'll be printing money it won't have any effect on their economy that's really what i'm the point i'm trying to get to rather than the specifics of the figure um nelson actually goes on to say in this article that he believes china presents an excellent investment opportunity for anyone with a long-term horizon now the context here is long-term horizon and again i totally agree with him whilst short-term um, china has been slowing down and pulling back i think long-term China will stabilise again and start to take off again. And I think Australia is wise to be aligning itself with China and obviously because, partly because obviously, uh, or partly because obviously, <laughs> getting a bit of a uh, tongue-tied there, partly because Australia is getting stronger and stronger and stronger relationships, not only with China but the rest of Asia. And you've got India as well as another one that we need to be aligned with and uh, Malaysia and Indonesia. And that's where we should be looking at from a point of view of investment and obviously a point of view of growth and getting our growth in Australia from, not necessarily the US. And, and I remember a statistic a while back that only 9% of Australia's exports actually go to the US. So why we look there for um, growth um, in our economy is, is beyond me at the moment. Um, Nelson also goes on to he says that you can actually um, you can actually see from the imports you can see a wide uh, see, see it with trade and its counterparts you can see from electricity usage it's not growing anything like the seven point five percent in our view now he's talking about China here so I'll, I'll say that again so in terms of China you can see it from import you can see it from their trade with its counterparties you can see it from their electricity usage it's not growing anything like the seven point five percent in his view. So, and he's quite correct. China is not growing at the rates that they're telling us. It's actually slowing, but eventually it'll start to turn around. It'll start to go back up again because China is too big at the moment. Um, and it is, did get a bit overheated. So it's just slowed down. I think it's going to go back up again. A little bit later on the article, he actually expresses his view on the US market is currently overvalued through 
And he's doing. He's he's obviously come to that uh, figure through looking at the shorts or the shorting of the market on the small cap Russell two thousand index and what he's talking about. Uh, and to me, there's some really good poignant points in here, and hopefully, I've explained them reasonably well uh, in terms of uh, helping you understand. But the guts of it all is really that what he's suggesting is that uh, you know. Yes, Australia is only a small percentage of world markets, so don't necessarily believe in that that whole, you know, you've got to diversify overseas. Uh, and I've always been against that whole big diversify overseas, yeah, to simply because with the Australian economy being, you know, 2% of world markets, as they're saying now, you know, just Australia alone is bigger, according to this, at the MCI World Index. If if China, Brazil, Russia and India make up less than 1%, that means if Australia 2% is bigger than all of those countries. Now, isn't that interesting, uh, an interesting figure? Now, to me, it's about bringing it right back down to the individual level because often you might have heard me say that individuals have a whole different case to invest in the big managed funds. In simple terms is we don't have, as individuals, we don't have billions of dollars to invest. So the diversification argument is less to us. Now, should you keep all your money in one basket being Australia? Well, why not? You know, because obviously you understand the economy. And as long as you make smart investment decisions, you're not going to get hit by the big downturns. And you're going to take a, take those upturns. We still have to live in Australia because this is where we live. So why not buy property in Australia? Why not buy shares in Australia? Because you're limiting risks in terms of currency risks and counterparty risks and, and legal risks from trying to deal with people offshore, etc., etc., etc. So there's a lot of benefit to being in Australia. Is Australia in a good economy? Absolutely. Is Australia going to you know um, be a good economy in the next five or ten years? I think absolutely. Uh, and from those of you who read my uh, market updates, you know that I'm we're looking for a high at the moment for our, our um, high for this year, um, and we're looking at probably going down into a more major low into next year, um, and we may have seen our high already, and uh, we may not have seen it. I'm still thinking 56 to 5,800 points. We may have seen it already, but I think once we hit that high, if we haven't hit it already, we're going to start going down into 2015, into a normal, normal, normal cycle. After that, I think we're going to go bullish again, and we'll do very, very, very well. So right now, it's time to be really, really patient, um, very, very patient on our market, and look for the opportunity. So hopefully this has been some um, interesting information for you. Well, certainly was interesting to me, as I said uh, you know, when you're looking at China, Brazil, Russia and India only being 1% of world markets, it, it makes us look pretty good, I reckon. Anyway, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care, good luck and great trading. Bye-bye. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 Share Trade.